quick note to our listeners. The Kelly Mental Health Podcast was created to provide relatable information about psychology and mental health and to help you get to know our team a little better. Episodes can contain triggering language and adult content. It is not a substitute for counseling and any advice herein is provided for general information purposes. If you'd like to book a session with one of our mental health specialists or find out more about us, please check out our website and contact us at kellymentalhealth.com. Welcome back. I have Jason Wellwood. Welcome. Thank you for coming on our podcast once again. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. So I'm super excited to talk to you because you've got some big news, don't you? Um, I, I guess, yeah, fairly big news. Um, I'm releasing a book uh, at the end of October and uh, it's been a long time coming. So I'm pretty excited to be, uh, to be putting it out. Um, it's been therapy for me for a long time. And um, yeah, I, I'm very excited about it. And you have a very unique title for this book, right? <laughs> Am I allowed to say the title? Absolutely. Uh, yes. Uh, the title is Fuck You, I Love You. Uh, and I know the next question. The next question is why. Um, the, the reason for it I guess is a couple of things. Um, number one, I went through a relationship where uh, for about two months, maybe a little bit more, uh, that was the only that was the only way I was told that I was loved. Was it had to be either "fuck you" beforehand or afterwards? Um, not that I didn't deserve it. It was a it was a very toxic relationship on both sides. Um, we neither one of us had any business being in the relationship, and uh, it was very um, bad and codependent. Um, but of course, at the time, you don't see that sort of thing. Uh, it wasn't until much later that we both kind of realized it. Um, but I think that a lot of us have those kind of relationships, whether in our past or in our um, current situations where there's people who just absolutely drive us nuts. They push our buttons. They do things that are really nasty, but we still love them anyway. Uh, in some cases, it's maybe our family members, um, or it might be a significant other. Um, but just, it was something that for the past few years, that phrase has just been stuck in my head. And I thought, wow, it'd be really great to put that on a t-shirt. And so I did. And then when I started uh, to sketch out the book, uh, somebody said, why don't you just use that as your book title? And it fit perfectly with what I was doing with the book. And yeah, mm -hmm. so, fuck you, I love you became a book. You know, it's, it's a very interesting thing to be able to go public about a personal situation. I, I find, uh, you know, sometimes it's a joke. We, we talk about our past, you know, I talk about my family and I'm like, I can't, I can't release my book until everyone's dead. <laughs> right. But you know, what, what made you decide to go forward with this now? Um, a few things. Um, I've been writing for years. Um, I, not very well, mind you, but I've been, uh, it, it's been therapy. Um, so it's been something that I do whenever I'm feeling down, whenever I'm feeling really happy, uh, I write constantly and I had built up all of this stuff. And, um, I had one friend say to me, uh, I kind of bounce things off her. I send her a lot of the, the pieces that I, that are in the book. I sent her over the years 
And she had said, wow, I'm, I can't wait to actually see this in print because it was something that we talked about. And then um, another friend of mine sat me down one day and, and said, look, you've got so much uh, to offer and you've been kind of hiding it for the last few years. It's time for you to get off your butt and do something with all of this stuff. And so I did. I decided I was going to put a book out. It was something that I'd wanted to do when I was in my early 20s, um, maybe, yeah, early to mid 20s, I guess. Uh, I had self-published a couple of books while I was living in Toronto. Um, there's probably about 50 copies of the 52 of that I printed kicking around in someone's garage somewhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm a lot... Uh, I'm a lot more proud of the stuff that I have been doing recently, and I decided it was time to do something with it. Um, over the last little while, uh, talking about uh, the things I've been through, um, the things that I go through regularly, and I mean, they're not unique. I'm not any special case, but I think I, I talk about it a lot, which might be a little bit more unique. Uh, I felt like uh, if some of the stuff that I'm writing speaks to somebody and maybe makes them feel not quite so alone um, then mission accomplished I don't care if I don't sell a, a thousand books I don't care if I sell 10 books if one person buys my book reads one piece and says wow this really speaks to me it makes me feel like maybe I'm not so alone then then that's amazing to me so that's kind of that was kind of the hope was um that something that I was doing for me could possibly help someone else. Mm -hmm. I, I really think that it probably will. I think a lot of people have been in a similar situation and from, you know, from a mental health perspective, uh, we, we never really see that played out right in front of us. We see sort of the, the aftershocks. We yeah. see the person potentially sometimes, sometimes one person is say, for example, a little bit more emotionally, um, uh, just up and down and they need that reassurance and they have the issues and then there tends to be a caretaker now not to say that that's the only way things are but that's what we see a lot there's the caretaker and there's the one that needs care and right. uh, that like you said the codependency crops up and then what's really interesting is what does this do to you afterwards what are right. you left with after you deal with something like this where you your position even if it's painful is very defined and who are you without it Exactly. Yeah, it's it's it, it's taken me a long time to, uh, you know, to figure out who I am uh, post relationship post, um, you know, growing up the way I did with the parents that I did. I mean, I think we all still struggle with who we are on a, on a pretty much a daily basis. Um, because we're always growing and changing, or at least we should be, uh, I think. Um, but it took me a long time to to realize, okay, this is kind of my my purpose, I guess. This is who I am. This is what this taught me, and this is what I'm going to do with it. Mm -hmm. And how how long ago was this relationship that the book is based on? Just out of curiosity. Well, the book is actually based on pretty much everything, every relationship that I've gone through over the last six years so um it runs from kind of the uh kind of the end of uh of the 
the end days of my marriage up until uh, well the end of the book and not to not to give any spoilers or anything but the end of the book pretty much runs up to uh, very recently so like um, some of the stuff that while I was putting the book together I was still writing there was still stuff coming out and it fit very well with kind of the flow so lots of stuff has been added to the book uh, or was being added to the book kind of as I was putting it together so there are pieces that were written two days ago mm -hmm. uh no not two days ago I guess about you know a week ago um <laughs> but you know stuff that's very very recent um mm -hmm. back to I think the oldest piece is about six years old at this point right so this is this is a really vulnerable content that you're putting out there oh yeah i i i expect some hate mail from ex-girlfriends <laughs> well if you're not getting hate mail you're not you're doing something wrong right well exactly yeah i mean i've already got in, um there's been i think i've put five or six pieces up on the instagram and i've already received some hate mail just based on the title of the book so oh okay you know people people judging the literally judging the book by its cover so <laughs> right well i mean that's it's instagram we read stuff and we always think it's about us so. exactly yeah mm -hmm. well you know it's really i think it's really exciting because you're talking about essentially this this journey self-development and self-exploration mm -hmm. this incredible insight that you've developed about yourself and and it's like it's nice after the end of a relationship to be able to look back and go okay this isn't okay this is okay this is what i will tolerate this is what i will not right right it sounds like you've been able to do that with each relationship um well um i've been able to do it now um obviously right at the you know at the time the immediate end uh the immediate beginning of the next relationship perhaps um there's uh zero uh part of me that would ever say okay i didn't do any wrong in this relationship this is what everybody else did wrong because in some cases i am 100 to blame for the dissolution of a, a relationship some cases it was 50 50 six whatever um but it's the last little while I've definitely had the chance to kind of sit back and go, okay, um, you know, this is what I did wrong. This is how I'm going to make myself better. This is how I'm going to make sure that my next relationship is absolutely nothing like that. Um, learning how to draw boundaries, learning uh, what uh, makes me happy and what I need to be aware of. Uh, because sometimes when you're in a relationship, you're not aware that you're unhappy. Uh, it just becomes, you know, this is just the way it is. Sometimes just the way it is, isn't okay. That's, that is really interesting that you say that, that you could be in a relationship and not even be aware that you're unhappy because you're not supposed to be unhappy. You're, you're in a right. relationship, right? And especially if you, if you think well of the other person and you feel lucky that you're with them, or perhaps it's companionship, but you might not know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't think that's a, a unique thing, obviously. I think all of us have probably been there at some point where you just don't understand why you're not happy and you don't even realize that you're that you're not happy until something goes terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, if you had been more, I guess, self-aware, um, you probably could have fixed it ahead of time. 
Um, and I think that in a lot of cases for me anyway, that is exactly what would have happened if I had been a little bit more self-aware, if I had been uh, paying more attention to the, the logic of the situation as opposed to the emotion of the situation, um, that things might've turned out differently. Do you ever find that some of us are almost uh, predisposed to expecting to be unhappy in relationships? um I don't know if maybe um I mean I think about okay this is tongue-in-cheek but like boomer humor right it's mm -hmm. always oh my wife says oh my wife died you know it's like the mm -hmm. uh the ball and chain or you know the old grump and and it's it's this humor that was really commonly accepted a lot when I was growing up and now yep. I don't see that as much with couples I see more equitable treatment between couples I think all of us at, at least for me, um, I like it when my partner can joke about me, but I know that they're joking. Mm -hmm. You know, that there isn't uh, an actual hint of truth or a, 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 an actual barb, you know, trying to stick into my skin when they're making that joke. But if you don't have that back and forth with each other, you need to, if, if that respect isn't there, then you can't have that back and forth. And I, th I think you're right. I think a lot of um, the, the, the fifties and sixties uh, humor, you know, take my wife, please. Um, <laughs> I think there was always a hint of truth to that um, where there was no real mutual respect. And I think the last little while, at least uh, we're starting to see a little bit more mutual respect in, with partners. And I think that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's more unheard of to to joke like in a detrimental way about your partner. Right. It's yeah. uh yeah, it's I think it's much more acceptable at least in our society to look at your partner like like a partner, like a teammate, like you're facing the world together, not against each other. Yes, and I think when when people are are joking about their partners now, I think not only is the respect there, but I also think that they turn it on themselves as well. So if I was to make a joke about my partner, I would also be joking about my inadequacy in, in the relationship or how I screwed up, you know, breaking the dishes this morning when I was trying to wash the dishes or something. I don't think there's that it's all their fault, um, joking that there, there used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. there, And you can definitely tell the difference. It's yes. there's, I'm not sure if everybody can tell the difference and to be, to be fair. Um, but I think there's this, there's a tone or there's a feeling to it when you're around someone and maybe they joke or maybe they make a poke and you're not laughing or, oh, it's like, it, oh, it stings. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, piled up day after day, that really starts to affect our self-esteem and, and our feelings about the relationship and our partner. Absolutely. Yeah, if you if if you're going to make a joke at your partner's expense, uh, you need to make sure that your partner is okay. A, your partner is okay with it, uh, and B, that you're showing them a, a whole heck of a lot of respect uh, before and after. Because if that respect isn't there, then that you know little joke is not going to be okay. It's not going to be funny, and it's going to you know widen a gap that maybe already exists that you might not know about because you're too busy making jokes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, I know my husband has many, many opportunities to make jokes and to give him credit. He never does. <laughs> I think the only thing that he ever does is he'll, uh, he'll get invited to go do something and he'll say, my wife said no, yeah. but that's because he doesn't want to go. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. I think we've all used our partners or our children as uh, excuses to uh, not go places when we don't want to. Yeah, there's something about being an adult where it's like, no, we like home. We like our yeah. chair. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to, uh, there are days when uh, you get invited out somewhere, you know, let's go out and do this. Let's go out and do that. I'm like, well, why would I spend $100 to go out and do this when I'm paying rent and doing all kinds of great things to this place that I like mm -hmm. and, and feel comfortable at? I can sit at home and, and have a glass of wine at, for a fraction of the cost of going to sit somewhere where I can barely hear you and pay, you know, $30 a glass for, for wine that I could have bought five bottles worth at the LCBO for the same price. Exactly. So, and we make yeah. way better steaks here. Way better. Oh, yeah. Like just, there's no point in going out. I'm, I'm ruined for restaurants now. <laughs> <laughs> coming to your place for steak <laughs> yeah exactly but uh so just kind of getting back to that like the unhealthy relationship and that's not to say that a relationship is 100 percent unhealthy we we're all on you know just like a there is a, a long sort of uh spread between healthy unhealthy and i think we can slide up and down all day long you know, Absolutely. There's, there's things that we do to either build upon that relationship, you know, to reinforce the trust and the commitment, or there's things that we do that hurt it. And right. I'm curious about in, in your book and in your experiences, how your experience of the push pull went where it's like this person wants something from you, but it's like you give it and then the goalposts change. Right. It's not enough. Yeah, that's something that I think happens really often in, uh, uh, in it has happened in my relationships for sure, quite often. Um, I can think of a, a relationship where, um, you know, I was, uh, for me, um, you know, I thought that this was what was going to make me happy. For example, you know, um, a lot of people in, in my age group grew up thinking, okay, you need to have the house, you need to have the, the 2.3 kids, two cars in the driveway, uh, and, the, and the Monday to Friday nine to five job. And then, uh, you know, I was married, I had three kids, I had a house, I should have been happy, and, um, and I wasn't. You know, I changed the goalpost myself because that wasn't actually what I really wanted. Um, and, uh, in terms of with somebody else, I mean, I've had multiple relationships where you're told, where I've been told, you know, all I want you to do is this, you know, just come, come home after work every day and, and love me, but it's never enough. It's come home from work every day and then take me here and then take me there or, you know, things change. People's needs change. People's wants change. Uh, and sometimes they change without without you knowing and without them knowing and i think that leaves us all really dizzy sometimes um mm -hmm. because we're poor communicators uh if if you're not communicating with your partner hey look 
I know that I said this, but I'm really feeling this, then your partner's not going to know. And that's when things start to go bad, when goalposts change without you knowing. And uh, if you're not communicating with each other, then you know, what are you doing in a relationship, I guess? That's that is really hard, though, because, you know, nobody teaches us that. No, no, no. nobody does at all. Yeah. One one of, you know, I work in mental health. I've been working in mental health for more than a decade and only in the last few years have I been, you know, insightful enough and have the communication skills to be able to say to someone, I'm feeling rotten today. I feel blue today. I'm, I'm not going to snap at this person. I'm not going to react poorly, but I need you to know my insides feel like they want to fall out of me. Yeah. (laughs) And just to be able to communicate that and not lash out at someone that that is a huge skill oh absolutely and 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 like you said we weren't taught that I mean our parents were never taught that Um, but it's so incredibly important it's one of those things that just it really interpersonal communication is something that really needs to be taught from a very early age I think because none of us know that and I think the the kids that I, I, I kind of hesitate to say this, but at the same time, I think the kids that did kind of instinctually know how to communicate how they were feeling to other people were all kind of branded as weirdos. And um, they were like, oh, you know, people would be like, wow, you're so harsh. You're so rude. But really, they're just telling the truth. They're trying to tell you how they feel. Um, maybe they don't know how to tell you how they feel without hurting your feelings. But um it's, it's, it's something that I think a lot of us have had to learn over the years through a lot of trial and error, more error than, than anything. And that really, I mean, it adds to the wisdom, of course, you know, I, I know a lot more now because I screwed up so much over the years. Uh, But, um, you know, if I had had a better base, then maybe I would have learned something better. I would have, you know, if I had, if I knew interpersonal communication, if I had been able to communicate with my uh, my partners over the years better, maybe I would have had more time to I don't know learn how to play guitar or something uh, <laughs> instead of being instead of you know learning how to communicate properly. But I think that um, yeah, it's definitely one of those skills that we should have been taught, or it you know that it would be good to at least have had a base in uh, at you know at some point over the years, but. Um, yeah, no, my parents definitely, uh, my parents are the epitome of not being able to communicate with each other. Um, so yeah, I definitely had no hope in learning that from them. That's for sure. Right. So a lot of trial and error, that's, that's a lot to deal with and, and, uh, sucks to have to make those mistakes, right. When you look back, you know, retroactively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all, we could all sit down and, and look back and say, oh, I'm, it's, it's really terrible that I hurt this person. It's really terrible that I hurt that person. And it is, it's terrible. Um, the, the hurt that we have all caused, you know, intentionally or unintentionally. Um, but it's all, un- unfortunately, it's all part of the learning process. And I mean, if you, if you can't look back on something and realize your part in the hurt, then you're not growing and you're not learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can, and you can look back on it and you can learn something from it uh, and you can grow, then, well, at least you're learning, you've learned something from it and take what you've learned and make sure you don't 
do it again. Yeah. So does this mean that you you have gone back and looked at your old social media statuses and your text conversations and just cringed? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you could see my face, people out in podcast land. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I have done a lot of cringing over the years um, when I go back and look at things. And you know, sometimes you look at stuff. I try not to, particularly on Facebook uh, anymore. I try not to post anything um, with regards to relationships, um, like with, um, oh, I, you know, oh, blah, 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 I love you so much, or, oh, what a piece of crap you are, blah, blah, blah. I try and stay away from that sort of thing in particular, because one, nobody needs to see that. And two, it, you know, when, I find that when people are really crazy about posting how much they love somebody, it's almost like they're trying to prove to themselves how much they actually love that person. And it starts to feel really fake and really phony. I mean, if it's, um, you know, happy 10 year anniversary, I love you so much. Uh, I love you more every day. Cool, that's great. But if you're posting that three or four times a day, every day, um, then maybe there's a bigger issue. And I've gone through and I've looked at some of my stuff. I took a lot of stuff off of Facebook. Um, I pulled a lot of stuff down uh, over the last few years uh, just because I couldn't believe that I was, you know, A, I couldn't believe that I actually posted that publicly to people. Uh, and B, it's like, oh, it's just cringy. It's very, very cringeworthy sometimes. Um, you know, posting, uh, I, one of the things I like about Instagram versus uh, Facebook is if I post a picture of uh, myself and a partner and we break up, okay, if I posted something kind of cringy in the, um, the comment or in the, uh, the description, I'll go and take that down. But I like to leave the pictures up just to remind myself that, yeah, at one point I was happy with this person. At one point, you know, we did this really cool thing. Uh, and I find that with Facebook, um, I don't see the picture reminders so much, just the status reminders and the status reminders. Yeah, I don't like them so much. Mm -hmm. I, you know what, I, I totally agree. And I, I don't like to read into everybody's relationship, but when you do see that kind of uh, almost like 10 out of 10, oh my God, I love this person. Usually it's a, a week or two later. And it's like this piece of crap, you know, how could yep. they do this to me? And, and it's just, it's like, it's, it's kind of like the same thing for me when people wish a, a happy birthday or I miss you so much to someone that isn't even on Facebook and you're, right. doing, you're doing it for the likes. Yep. And then it just feels kind of, I don't know, it just feels inauthentic. And I, I wonder sometimes what that takes from people because then you may be deriving some of your own value and self-esteem by those likes. So what happens if you don't get those likes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, particularly now in social media age, um, putting your, your self-worth or um, the value of what you're putting out there um, based on likes, based on how many people give you a, a thumbs up on uh, Facebook or heart your pictures on Instagram that really doesn't do you any good at all because I mean not to mention you know not just wanting these people to like you but 
you're fighting an algorithm that nobody understands. So you may have 5,000 followers and post a picture that only gets two likes. Well, that might very well be because the algorithm decided it wasn't going to put it anywhere. And you have no control over that. Um, we don't, nobody really understands these things, but um, the placing your, your value and your self-worth or the value of your work on, uh, you know, random people that you have no connection with um, is really not going to do you any good in the long run. And I think it takes away from our ability to be present in our relationships, our actual real relationships. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't have anything against sitting, you know, we're sitting on the couch, each of us scrolling on our phones, like, right? It's the same thing for me as reading a newspaper. We're reading, mm -hmm. we're, we're in our own little zones, but um, it's, it's, I think, just the energy that we put into it and the expectation that we put into it. There's, there are actual studies that show that if a person posts something and it doesn't get uh, recognition and attention, that they're less likely to post again, or they're more likely to actually even remove it because it you know, it didn't help them and I feel right. embarrassed. So, and I, I've, I've done that myself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. How many times well, I've tried to get rid of Facebook, how many times I've deleted the app off my phone this year. And then, you know, what gets me marketplace <laughs> every single time, right? Everybody's there. They're not a Kijiji anymore. Yeah, it's true. Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> So what would you say in, in your learning, and I know this is a big question, what constitutes a healthy relationship? Communication, honesty. Um, if you aren't honest with your partner and you're not honest with yourself, uh, then you're not going to be able to build anything that's long lasting. Um, and, you know, take some time know who you are, know what you want. And that's going to change. I mean, it's, it's always going to change. Like I said, we've all, um, we all change our own goalposts. We've all been in relationships where the goalposts change. Uh, if you're not growing and, um, you know, learning every day, then you're, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be happy if you're not growing and learning every day. And I don't mean that you have to become an absolutely new person every day, but uh, you know, like they say at the gym, 1% better every day uh, is an immense amount of growth. So, you know, if you're learning and growing every day and, and, and you're sure of yourself, you're sure of who you are, uh, and you're willing to be open and honest and communicate with your partner, um, then you're going to find somebody who's open and honest and wanting to communicate with you as well, I think. Um, I, I would like to think that, uh, and I think that's, what's going to help build and, and help you to grow a relationship. Cause I think, you know, if we're all growing, um, but we're, we're not all necessarily growing at the same rate, but if you're honest with your partner and you're communicating with your partner, you're going to grow together. Even if you're growing in completely separate ways, you're still growing together because you're communicating your growth. You're talking to each other about, hey, I learned this really cool thing today, or hey, this really made me happy when this happened today. Then you learn more about your partner or your partner learns more about you and that enables you to grow. Um, you, know, you may have completely different lives. You, you, know, you may be madly in love with somebody who's into classical music, but you can't stand classical music 
but you learn to appreciate their love for classical music because they're open and honest about it. And that helps you to grow a little bit, uh, you know, as a person, um, you know, and maybe they start to appreciate black metal because you've, uh, you know, opened up about how much you like black metal. Who knows? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I, I, I think that is really um, the key. And that's not that I'm, that's definitely not to say that I'm about to embark on the perfect relationship or not screw up the, the one that I'm, uh, that I'm currently in. But, uh, you know, being open and honest is really key, I think, to, uh, to, to making sure that maybe it's not your forever relationship, but it's going to be a heck of a lot better than uh, a relationship where you're hiding who you are or hiding what you want. And I think, you know, if you're pretending to be somebody who loves classical music because you think that, you know, your partner who's really hot wants to be with somebody who loves classical music, then eventually you're going to be really unhappy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's, it's honesty and communication and owning your own values. It's owning yourself in a way. And, you know, you talk about hopefully you do attract someone eventually, even if you didn't, you then we would still be more at peace with yourself. 100%. Yeah, you would be just more uh, content with life because you have, you know, you've created the life and the world that you want. You're surrounding yourself with people who are around you because of who you are, not who they want you to be. Right, exactly. Or, you know, you're surrounding yourself with, um, you know, people that you want to be around because you know who you are. And I think not, I think a lot of us grow up not really knowing who we are, not really knowing what we want. Uh, a lot of people grow up as people pleasers. I know I did. Um, you know, I jumped around from friend to friend to friend to friend um, because I grew up as a people pleaser and, you know, trying to uh, adapt uh, and be, hey, if I do this, they'll like me more. If I do this, they'll like me more. And when you when you do that, you're not being honest with these people. You're not being honest with yourself and either uh, they're eventually going to find you out and think, you know, why the heck would you do that? Or you're just going to burn yourself out and realize, oh, no, I don't like doing this at all. And you're going to end up losing the relationship one way or another. Um, and again, something else that we were never taught, you know, you, we, we were never taught to, everybody says, you know, just be yourself, but nobody ever tells you how to be yourself, you know, how to look inside and really understand uh, that just because you don't like uh, beer doesn't mean you can't hang out with beer drinkers. You just don't drink beer, you know, don't go, don't go and drink beer just to be Part of the crowd. So does that mean that you have a very good concept of who you are? And if so, who are you? <laughs> um, I don't know if I have a really, I would love to say I have a really good concept of who I am. Um, I know a lot about who I would like to be uh, and who I'm striving to be. Um, you know, uh, I'm a dad, I have three wonderful boys, and I want to be the best dad I possibly can to them. I want them to grow up to be uh, 
incredible, loving, kind uh, men uh, who understand that, um, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be open and honest with your partner. Um, it's okay to, uh, you know, it's okay to, to love, uh, you know, cars and Barbies at the same time, you know, they're, um, so that's really important to me, uh, incredibly important to me. I, I want to be a, um, a good, caring and supportive partner uh, to my partner. I want to help people uh, to, you know, to become better to, uh, at, you know, at who they are. I want people to be able to communicate. And if I can do that uh, a little bit through what I do, whether it be uh, my job or my writing or just being a good friend, um, then that's, you know, that's good enough for me. Um, no, no. Uh, I would love to say that uh, I know exactly who I am and, and where I'm going. And I don't, I know I have some hopes, I have some dreams, I have goals, um, but I think I'm becoming better at being who I am. And, um, you know, that's, um, you know, the guy with the big goofy grin and the beard over in the corner, you know, kind of watching things and, uh, doling out really good advice on everybody else's life while not doing so great at his own. I'm in this example and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's wonderful. And I, it really shines through just how much you want to help people. And, uh, you know, as, as much as you don't want to be a people pleaser, but you want to do right by people and especially the ones that are surrounding you. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're very lucky to have you. Well, thank you. <laughs> so where will we, we be able to find your book? Okay. So um, the, the book is going to be um, available everywhere. Uh, I'm working with a company that is going to be putting it out uh, through Amazon. So you'll be able to buy it in the usual Amazon. Um, you can, so you can buy it online. Uh, I will be, uh, taking it to places here in town in Thunder Bay. Uh, you can also uh, find it uh, as of uh, Saturday, as of whatever date that is, September. Third, I, I should know this. Fourth? Sure. Fourth. <laughs> September 4th. Yeah, we can edit that in later. Um, you'll actually be able to go to uh, fuckyouiloveyou.ca. Okay. And uh, there will be links there to to purchase the book. Um, uh, so the first, the beginning of September is going to be uh, uh, an Indiegogo campaign, a crowdfunding campaign, um, where you'll be able to to purchase the book. It's going to be available in uh, ebook, uh, physical format, uh, as well as I'm doing. I'm working on an audio book right now, uh, uh, so that will be available as well. Um, we're doing merch so there will be t-shirts um you know if you want a fantastic fuck you i love you t-shirt with the big red heart with the middle finger on it uh that will be available uh and i'm gonna go out on a limb right now and i'm gonna say this um this was kind of a surprise uh but i have been working with um i've been working with this incredible couple um kevin and kim uh from uh, the Spice of Life initiative, 
they're absolutely fantastic people. They've been friends of mine for a long time. They're helping to fund the book, helping to fund the project. Uh, but they are also the founders of Hooligan Fuel Hot Sauce. And we are working together on a bourbon infused hot sauce that will also be called Fuck You, I Love You, uh, <laughs> that will be available uh, for pre-order uh, with the pre-order of the book. Uh, it will come out at the end of October with when the, when the book comes out. So that will be available as well. That's amazing. Um, wow. I'm, I'm mind blown. I have to pick your brain about how you managed to do all of this step-by-step. <laughs> this is incredible. I'm, I'm not really sure how it all happened. It just, it just did. That's great. I can't wait to read it. I'm really excited. I, I just, you know, you've, you've talked about uh, similar stories uh, the last time that we spoke and, and right. uh, just, I feel like I'm looking forward to just seeing it all come together. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it all come together as well. And, uh, you know, it's been an incredible process. Uh, I can't say that I've done it alone. I mean, on top of having um, uh, a whole lot of people to write about uh, <laughs> that have helped this process, um, it's been incredible uh, having uh, this group of friends around me um, who have really encouraged me to, you know, continue writing and to try and put the, this book together and to uh, to be creative. Because honestly, Linda, um, this creativity, this writing, is what's gotten me through a lot of very heavy days and a lot of really dark times. And if I didn't have that creative outlet, uh, I don't know how things would have turned out for me. Um, you know, but having this outlet and being able to um, to put, have these people around me to put this book out, put this book together uh, and to, uh, to be able to give back a little bit to the community with the book uh, is super important to me and I'm really happy about it. And the, the, the people who have been reaching out saying, hey, I can't wait to read your book. I can't wait to, I'm so excited that, that you're doing something. This is amazing. Uh, that kind of support has just been fantastic. And, you know, since I, decided I was putting the book out the you know the outpouring of support uh has just I haven't I don't think I've had a day where there hasn't been a smile on my face you know just being able to hear from somebody hey I read this on your Instagram today and it really spoke to me like it's um you know it's it's fantastic Wonderful. Thank you so much for talking about it and telling me about it. I, again, I'm really excited to read it and to get some of that hot sauce because that's really <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited as well. Um, just uh, the hot sauce was was actually the um, the kind of the the first step into me really talking about putting out the book because I had this weird idea for a hot sauce kind of fundraiser thing, and then it all just kind of snowballed. So. Nice. You know, yeah. our, our wing recipe, right? It's uh, when you do wings, it's a uh, half a cup of hot sauce and four tablespoons of butter. That's all it is. And then, wow. yeah, you got to finish them on the barbecue though. Okay. So I'm coming to your place for steak and wings apparently. <laughs> for the, the wing eating contest, that is special order. You, you really got to sign up for that one. All right, fine. <laughs> all right. Okay. Take care of yourself. Thank you for coming on and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Linda. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.